Well, hello, this is Gary, and you're listening to Thinking Out Loud. Today's podcast recorded on a Sunday morning in March of 2022. Today I'm pondering economics, money. It's a very much on my mind now is falling a bit behind on bills. This happens from time to time. Get a little too lackadaisical. My discretionary income, true discretionary income every two weeks is not much. The amount that I can spend on food, uh, green and gas, food, cannabis and gas. Those are kind of my main discretionary expenditures. So when those get a little bit too high, the fixed expenses start getting uh, difficult to pay. Rent, car insurance, car payment, cell phone bill, those add up quick. So, yeah, monthly fixed expenses running, let's see, what is it, about, about fourteen, fifteen hundred a month? Mm-hmm. Well, plus child support, so that's about 2300 a month. So, it's a tough go. Now, I haven't been uh, perfectly diligent with my budgets. I create budgets, and the main thing I try to figure out is, what is my discretionary income? What is the amount that is I can spend freely? And most recently, there were some changes in uh, taxes or something, and I was able to figure out that if I worked 80 hours every two weeks at the most recent job I had, I would have $167 every two weeks in discretionary income to buy food, gas, and cannabis with for two weeks. All I would have to do is work 80 hours a week doing something I hate doing and don't want to do anymore. So... I stopped doing that, uh, but without putting in a two-week. It's a, not a wise decision, but sometimes when you hit the wall, you hit the wall. One time I bicycled across the state of Washington, but I didn't really prepare very well for it and didn't pack proper uh, money and food, and so was going about 10-12 hours a day biking, but only eating maybe maybe a couple thousand calories a day. Uh, and so hit the wall on day three or four or so, and uh, could go no further. The body could no longer even hold down water. For some reason, I've always been uh, gravitated to finding right where the edge is, and then just kind of dancing right on the edge, finding where it is, and then sometimes kind of, uh, you know, going over the edge, and they're like, wow, you know, I don't really want to tumble all the way over yet, I do want to have a nice long life, but sometimes, you know, maybe it's epilepsy, I don't know.
first day of school in sixth grade. During lunchtime, I, uh, me and some newly met friends that day decided to run on the track. And, uh, you know, we, we started at the starting line and ran the whole track, one, a 400 meter, you know. I think it was probably the first time I ever ran a 400 meter. I think I won the race. I don't know. It doesn't even matter. But I remember crossing the finish line and feeling very funny right away. A feeling I had felt before, but it was just like stronger. Started walking towards the school and then it, it all went black. Woke up a few hours later in Seattle Children's Hospital. I had had an epileptic seizure caused by being dehydrated. I don't really view myself as disabled, but it is difficult for me to function in society. Difficult for me to find a role. And uh, I get... Like, if I was born into a different class in society, I a lot of these tumps, tumbles I've taken along the way just would have been less... Uh, dramatic, I guess, or something. Because a lot of people in certain positions, they have just people that help them out and ease out those imperfections, you know. But the lower you are on the totem pole, the more you're on your own. So you got to figure it out on your own. So it's a certain honor and working hard, I guess, and all that kind of thing, and being loyal to a company, but you know, there's also greed takes many forms. You know, and yeah, and sometimes uh, loyalty can be exploited. And uh, I've been kind of naively loyal to companies in the past, and it can bite me in the butt. But I hit the wall with. Uh, fencing gig the other day, just in a similar way of biking relentlessly for several days, although uh, on my bicycling trip, I did take breaks throughout the day, I didn't just bike continuously for 10-12 hours, it was, it was like 10-12 hours of total start-to-finish biking, um, with a, you know, several little breaks after a few hours, I'm, I'm not designed like a tour defense bicyclist, you know, I'd, I'd like to you know, maybe go two, three hours and take a little rest, and it wasn't really a, a race, I was just, and I just did it by myself, started in Spokane, made it all the way to Citro Willie before I hit the wall, but that's just kind of how I go, and it goes sometimes with jobs too, I'll just go until I just can't go anymore, and sometimes I'll, I'll feel it coming, and so I'll put in the two-week notice or kind of start hinting that at a two-week notice or pondering it. And then and then I'll just hit the wall and just, ah, fuck. I, I can't go anymore. You know, this is not how I want to spend my life. Life is short. It's only so many days we get to live. And when certain days just start repeating themselves over and over and over and over again, it's like, ah, it's, I got to jump off this shit. Pull the fucking cord and, and just... Uh, jump into the chaos and get sorted. Sometimes it's almost just easier to get, to immerse myself in chaos because uh, then it'll be easier to make sense of it or something. Like something will come through uh, as long as it doesn't 
cause damage to others, though. That's the problem. I'm falling behind on rent, and my main concern is that it doesn't affect my roommates. If I get kicked out, whatever. I don't give a fuck. I have to live in my car or something. I'll figure out something. Once had to... Once slept on the streets of San Francisco. Slept under an overpass once. Once camped out under a tree. On that same bicycle trip across the state. I had no money to stay in a hotel or anything, so I just camped out along random spots along the journey. I had a little backpack and uh, a tarp to kind of stay dry, but no sleeping bag or anything, so just kind of slept out under the stars. It was during the summertime, so it's, you know, but I do feel like it was meant for different things, but our society is structured in a weird way. Too much corporate control, and they kind of dictate the flow of just about everything. How we work, how we live our lives, what products we can buy, what in, what form of entertainment we can watch, and just about everything, you know. It's unfortunate. There's so many different ways to be alive and to live this world and to contribute to society. But for the last many years, the only role I've had is to be a grunt, to just use my body and to dig holes and carry cement bags and, I don't know, to also like make wealthy people's uh, vacation home look prettier. You know, some of the people were not all that great, you know, like one of the clients that I helped to make their yard look real pretty and increase the value of their home is some billionaire asshole guy, you know, what the land used to look like before, you know, lots of trees and stuff, they're all cut down to make this sort of pristine looking thing, and I hate it, you know, the things that wealthy people do with their money. It's a lot of stupid shit. It's a lot of just like wrecking stuff to kind of make way for their, their own version of what heaven is or something. And it's never what was like naturally there. My version of heaven is always what's naturally there. You know, heaven, if I vision heaven, it's like a, a vast, pristine, almost, it just goes on forever. You know? the vast, you know, the Sahara and stuff, and uh, the vast African, all the different areas of the earth that, you know, like, the vast oceans and mountain ranges and the vast different geographies of this planet, they're just in more vast abundance. There's something like the Shire or something, you know. When it comes to like how cities are structured and stuff and how towns are constructed. Definitely no like industrial factories just pouring out this toxic gas. That's, that's like a vision of hell there. Been to a few places in this country where the that kind of stuff's going on. These just big fumes of toxic gas just constantly pouring you know funneling up into the sky in areas where there's you know some kind of 
you know, drain pipe that's just pouring directly into a river or lake, and then the drain pipe, you, you kind of look up and kind of follow its trajectory, and there's a factory a ways away. And the factory's also got kind of dark-looking, nasty smoke coming up that isn't clouds. It, it You know, it's clearly a, a gas, a toxic gas. And then that same factory's got this, you know, drain pipe that's, you know, got... St- not water, there's something else in it, going directly into a river or lake. It's always weird when you see, we'll see that, and then just a few miles down, you'll see people just kind of playing and swimming in that same river and lake, or fishing. But, but, you know, it's just the way it is, that's how we do it. There's something, I don't understand this place. But, uh, here's what it is. Keep waking up each day, doing best to make a go at it, still with wild visions of, I don't know, stardom or some shit, make money as a writer or a singer or actor, whatever, everyone wants to be naked and famous, you know, isn't that, though it's not really, my thing is like, I would love to be all those things, but not famous somehow, you know, (laughs) or something, like, make a good living singing, writing, and performing in some way, but somehow not famous, (laughs) Uh, so, like, a complete separate from that kind of thing, but, there are some people that do that, like the, uh, like Daft Punk, I have no idea what those two dudes look like, because they wear those masks all the time. Or the motorcycle helmets or whatever. Or like a slipknot, you know. Or like some authors, they'll just have a different picture on their book, you know, than what they actually look like. Or they'll just change the way they look on the picture. Like Chuck Palahniuk, one of his books, he put a bunch of temporary tattoos all over his face and stuff so that he just looked way different. But I don't know. One thing I'm hoping for now, though, is I abruptly quit a fencing gig. And then I send out a bunch of a job apps and pretty much hoping to uh, get a gig as a sous chef. I used to work as a line cook for a while, and I do dig doing that, especially when it's, you know, I'm making enough to earn a living doing it. The only reason I quit my previous job working as a line cook is because I was only working about 15, 20 hours a week, and that's obviously not enough to make a living, and uh, it was a low wage, but this place, it's like full-time, nice Italian place, so, and it's not uh, getting my hands and knees and knee-deep in dirt all the time, so, very much hoping uh, to get that one, and then the I also sent some uh, apps out to be a kayak tour guide, even though I only have probably about 10, 20 hours of actual kayak experience. Most of my experience isn't boating, it's like canoes, I guess, but there's people that actually get paid to like have fun and stuff, you know, and do things that they enjoy doing. I love to cook. Cooking is fun, and uh, cooking really good food is even better more uh, fulfilling, you know, 
clicking through that people are willing to pay a decent price for and, and really enjoy and kind of like maybe even make reservations and stuff to because they're that excited to eat there that's that'd be kind of cool to be able to work at a place like that I haven't really got a chance to do that yet so this would be there's certainly a step up in two days I'm gonna be doing a I forget what the what chef what the chef uh, term you use but it's basically just kind of a jumping right into it what do you got you know uh, you get paid so interviewed the other day and Tuesday afternoon I'm gonna jump right into a live shift and uh, just kinda, <laughs> you know there'll be a sharp learning curve so what kind of skills you have you know how comfortable are you what are your knife skills and so kind of excited for it you know, I haven't really had to think quickly at a job, and pfft, I, don't, I don't even remember. It's been a while. Uh, probably the last time was really when I was a call center agent, because that's a live conversation with a fellow human over the phone. So it's all mental, uh, to the point where, like, sometimes I'd have to, like, kind of stand and move around at least a little, because it's so purely mental. The only physical movement is just the typing because I'm looking at three different screens and typing while I'm having a conversation um, so it's one of the things I realized as I've looked at my Facebook profile and stuff I have every job that I've ever had actually not every job there's a few that I just forgot to list there or they there wasn't a Facebook page for them or whatever but I've had a lot of jobs in my adult life done a lot of different things know how to do a lot of different things but there's not really it's it's tough if uh well what it really is is like i'm one of those people that i remember when i was a kid whenever like uh a lot of musicians and pro athletes or something or uh movie stars would get interviewed and ask the a common question like what would you be doing if you weren't doing this if you weren't an actor or a musician or whatever their their, an, their answer was always more times than not I have no idea you know probably some kind of shit job you know <laughs> and that's that's me you know like none of the except for being a camp counselor none of the things I've done over the years are really things I really wanted to do which truly enjoy doing some cooking is fun I like cooking and that's like a practical skill that like you know I can use at home every day and stuff and just get better at it. it's kind of a lifestyle it's good to know how to do that but the you know the main thing I always wanted to be ever since I was a little kid was you know lead singer in a rock band like but that's you know, everyone or the president you know but these sort of aspirations I kept pretty quiet even as a kid because uh, well you know at middle school, my trajectory was already, like, not seeming to be very high. It was like, uh, you know, I had a goofy epileptic seizure in first day of school, sixth grade. and was kind of a weird, awkward kid. And then um, I think my GPA throughout middle school has never cracked a 2.0 in middle school. And then um, freshman, sophomore year of high school, that just kind of continued. I was barely hovering above a 2.0. Um, graduated high school with like a 296, I think. 
just barely under th under three. Made honor roll the last couple of years of high school, but you know, my mid teens it was just I didn't really have a lot of illusions that I was uh, on some path to greatness or something. And uh, there was some though, like uh, yeah, there's definitely some mentors around me that seemed to think otherwise. And that was always very encouraging. It was the uh, my senior year of track. I got the coaches award, and that was um, the plaque I still have in my room today. It means even more to me now, though, because you know my coach that gave me that award he passed away a couple of years ago. He was way too young. Coach Pat Wagner. He was an awesome, awesome coach, awesome man, good person. You know, just uh, just helped me immensely with uh, the mental side of running, which can help you with a lot of other things too. And just uh, there's so much that goes into running. It's it's a simple thing, but it's um, yeah. Sometimes when you focus on the simple things, it helps process the big things a little easier. And uh, I got the coach's award not because I was the fastest or best athlete on the team, but just because I was the only one that never missed a single practice. And I just one of those, you know, a lot of heart or whatever things kind of people, you know, kind of a jack of all trades. Not really great at any one particular event, but I, you know, was always gave it my best and kind of a. Quiet, just lead by example type, I guess. And there was also a member of my senior high school. It was uh, Mr. Ivy, one of my teachers. He was always one of my favorite teachers. I remember uh, one semester, like, I switched periods or something. So I still had his class, but it was like a different period than it was the first semester. And so uh, I kind of had to sit, you know, so it was different students that were in the class and stuff, and I remember the first few days I was sitting with a group that were kind of, they were the kids that I knew from, like, elementary school and stuff, I'd known a long time, but they weren't uh, the best students, you know, they they weren't, like, honor roll students, and I remember him kind of, one day, kind of like, actually, you know, how about you sit over here, and it was with all the other, uh, like, honor roll students. And, uh, I remember, I really, uh, man, that was awesome. I remember really appreciating that. Because then it was like, yeah. <laughs> when you're with the honor roll students, the cool thing to do is to get an A in the class. And that's what I did. Um, you know, it's just, uh, it's nice when people, uh, expect and you know and just kind of expect that you're you know you're better than what you think you are you know or type thing or you can kind of see that and he was one of those teachers um i think I had him for a couple different classes i had a few teachers like that in high school where i, I would specifically try to get them for a second class that's because I like them so much they're just good teachers and uh 
There's one thing about my old holding town, as much as I was anxious to get the heck out of there as a kid, I did have really good teachers. Uh, Mr. Ivy and Mr. Marvin Reed were two of my favorites. I also liked uh, Miss Petty John, Mr. Christensen. Mr. Devoyne, my geometry teacher, he was a, he was a good teacher. Mr. Chesky, a lot of good teachers actually. A lot of good teachers. Miss Elaf, my sixth grade teacher. I had a lot of good teachers throughout my time in Oak Harbor School District. That was one really good positive thing, you know. There was teachers that cared. No, not all of them were good. Who was my seventh grade teacher? I don't remember. <laughs> uh, eighth grade, some of my teachers were good, I think. You know, there were some that just where you, you're just one of the kids in the class, and maybe some of the teachers are just going through it. But man, I don't know. Still have naive hope that uh, yeah, I'm, I don't know meant for something more than just well I meant for more than just building fences I know that and uh but what I think it's just I have more of a positive impact we seem to just be having a well I don't know sometimes negative feels yeah kind of fucking shit up don't really want to do that like to have, yeah, more of a widespread positive. How, you know? Let me start with the simple things. Get my uh, finances situated here. Get a good gig that's more fulfilling in mind and spirit, you know, and, and hopefully financially as well. And, uh, and hopefully get some more uh, singing reps in. I had, did some live singing at karaoke nights at the local bar in town here last Wednesday, and it was very enjoyable. Although I was so focused on singing live that uh, when, you know, that, that pretty lady shows interest, I'm, I'm just kind of, I get a little spazzy. Thank you, Lex, Lexi, or whatever the fuck. It was right on cue. According to... <laughs> but yes. Yeah, man. Problem too is like, uh... It's it just a few things as exciting. It's just like... Meeting someone new and make it, uh, anyway. The singing went pretty good, but then, yeah, so, so focused on that, that, uh, yeah. Hmm. So, hopefully a little better <laughs> outing this next Wednesday. Um, but for me, because I have epilepsy and I am a, a spazzy, weird person, it's it's just being willing to kind of uh, be that in public.
you know, but, you know, toning it down a, a bit, but, but uh, I am what I am, you know, it's, brain has surges of ener energy in the brain throughout the day, every single day of my life, sometimes they're just a couple, two, three seconds, sometimes they're longer, and, uh, that's what they are, though, the surges of energy. The surges aren't necessarily seizures, I would say. A seizure is more of a losing control. A surge of energy is more of a, a surge. That's different. Um, but if you're, you know, uh, dehydrated, unhealthy, sleep-deprived, uh, stressed out, then those surges can get a little wacky. And then can seize the body, and uh, those aren't fun. So, but then um, uh, because one of the reasons I sort of gravitate to finding where the limit is is it's it's just knowing where the line is. I kind of have to know that almost like every day, because uh, sometimes the line is way closer than I thought it was, and then it's like walk up a few flights of stairs and all of a sudden I'm seeing stars or whatever, you know, so it's kind of testing the limits often, so I uh, try to do pretty regular push-up routine and various other little uh, body weight resistance workouts in the kitchen and stuff, uh, main goal is a, kind of a bare minimum of about 100 or so push-ups a day. Kind of total throughout the day, but a lot of times I do a good bunch more than that. And various other just sort of uh, holding up my body weight, you know, just kind of you, know, you put your hands on the on a, like a kitchen countertop, and then just holding the body weight up and just kind of letting gravity kind of pull my feet down a little bit. But that's some, some of the main like strength training I do now, and it's just kind of knowing where the limit is, how, how long can I, how many push-ups can I do before the body spasses out, and sometimes, ideally, it's quite a few, and, uh, to the point where sometimes it's, you know, I might just get kind of bored, because I've done quite a few, and breathing is steady, do some downward dog yoga in between some of the sets, and then, you know, Every once in a while, it just feels good to go to max. In other words, go until go to failure, uh, which is for me that means my body will have a seizure. That'll last a decent amount of time—10, 15, 20 seconds. It's hard to comprehend time in that state, but uh, I've been meaning to like actually, you know, time—you know—press a stopwatch or something, but it. That's the that's the thing that I don't really. I have to kind of just let the body do what it needs to do during that time. I have filmed some and I've uh, pondered posting them, making them more available. But uh, I'm not really sure how much of like being a spokesperson or whatever for epilepsy that I want to be necessarily. I don't know. Again, I don't really view myself as necessarily disabled because there are some people that are disabled because of how, you know, bad their seizures get, you know, and I don't, I don't know if it's really appropriate to, if I'm comparing myself to them, 
you know. But because I, I have had medical professionals tell me to my face that I don't have epilepsy. So that's that's the sort of thing, I guess. I guess I'm I seem I seem to be healthy enough externally, I guess, or something, that they always think it's something different. Or not always, but a lot of times. And they just um yeah, one of the most confusing times was when I was a uh, was a chaotic time and probably smoking a bit too much cannabis at the time well stressed out and so the some of the sort of stress seizures were getting a little more volatile but uh, I've lived with epilepsy my entire life it's my entire understanding of the world it's who I am and what I am it's just in it's like uh, Morpheus and Matrix you accept the world that's been presented to you I know no other way it's just how my brain works it is what I am, so, um, you know, when I'd sort of just tell a medical doctor or something, they ask me, what can, and I'd just say epilepsy, and I just kind of expect to just kind of move on from that, and then they start kind of questioning that, it, it was very frustrating, and just kind of annoying, and confusing, and unhelpful. Because uh, I, I didn't n remember the terminology real well either uh, of what the... I got CAT scan and EEG mixed up. You know, there's one that's specific for people with epilepsy. There's another one that's more for, like, brain injuries. And, uh, you know, medical professionals should know the difference, you know. The the one for people with epilepsy, the one that, you know, the tube, you get in the tube and you know, put the little nodes all over your brain, like... They just kind of looked at me like I was crazy. It's like, I remember doing it as a kid. I used to have to go every six months, and I would see the results of the EEG, I guess is the correct term, I'm, I think. But I'm, even, I'm not even that 100% on it, like 94.6%. Anyway, um, but I remember... A key memory I have from childhood is that uh, going to Seattle Children's Hospital after the procedure as a sixth grader, grand mal seizure, I would have the EG. They would show me the results afterward, and they would circle uh, where I had seizures, or that's what they called them. I would call them surges of energy, is what I would refer to them now. Those little surges where the spike goes more you know it's not just a small little wiggle it the needle goes up and down quicker so i remember the two doctors talking to me i was well, i don't know that that particular point that might have been like eighth or ninth grade it was a lot of motivation to never take the <laughs> meds that they were prescribing me um, because it was kind of like, oh, that's what those are. Okay, cool. I get it now. Or I'm, it's the beginnings of the beginnings of the beginnings of understanding, you know, or something, you know, that's what those are. That's, that's what that is. Okie doke. Because while I was sitting in the tube and the thing, I felt normal. Felt a little weird being in a tube. I was just in there for a few minutes, hanging out. 
I never experienced a seizure or anything. But after I got out of the tube, the doctors at Seattle Children's Hospital circled on the graph at a few points where I, you know, had them or whatever. No, there was a few points in time where my thoughts kind of drifted to various different things and whatever, and I'm not going to get too specific about it, but it was kind of a aha. That's what that is. Okay. What does it mean to not have those? I have no idea. Hmm. Interesting. Never really, sometimes when I'm filling out a medical form in the years following that, especially when I was very young, epilepsy would be listed there. If I did click it, checked it off that I had that, it, it would mean some sort of strange conversation with a medical professional about epilepsy. Sometimes it was constructive, sometimes it wasn't. So I decided early on to just not check that box anymore. Because um, I started questioning whether he not even had it. And just decided to say, no, I don't. As if I have a choice, I guess, or something. I don't know. But, um, I don't know. <laughs> it's a strange condition. And, uh, I do my best to, uh, try to make it in this world. But, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I think it uh, might be better just writing and singing and stuff. I think it would be most ideal and have a cool group of people around me that are fun, cool people. Have a situation kind of like that with fun, cool people around me and stuff. It's just uh, bills and finances have gotten a little awry. I gotta get situated. Sometimes I think thinking things through, thinking them out loud, and then airing them out, I suppose, to the public can lead to things. So made some mistakes in finances here the last few months, but not all the mistakes were just misspending or something. It was just kind of some of it's like being too loyal and uh, kind of being naive about the different form that greed takes. So I'm hoping that, uh, yeah, I'll personally will be getting back on track because I don't like getting too stressed about my own personal thing. But there's so many other like really fucking crazy things going on in the world that are pretty drastic. So, pretty thankful at this current moment, I still have a very nice house that I'm currently in and haven't been told to leave yet, but I've been given a number to come up with that's going to be difficult to come up with, but I think I can do it somehow, some way. And, uh, 2,900. Hmm. Paltry sum for some. A gargantuan amount for others. I'm in the latter group. It's quite a mass of money. But I think there'll be a way. Get that into the landlords expeditiously and get back in their good graces. 
first and foremost, though, hopefully they don't do anything to the uh, roommate situation. If I have to skedaddle and be replaced by a different roommate, then that's how it goes. But, you know, as long as my roommates get to stay there, that would be most ideal. Though that would be ideal. And then most ideals, all of us get to stay, you know. We'll see. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Hmm. The uh, Supreme Court Justice confirmation hearings uh, begin soon. It's going to be interesting. I mean, it's going to get real interesting. Hopefully, hopefully the Re Republicans don't get too absurd. But, um, Joe Biden of Democrat has nominated a Supreme Court justice. Um, because she's being nominated by a person with a D next to their name, the Republican Party has to have some level of opposition. That's just how that's just how our government's constructed. Um, so all their questions are going to have to be not just gathering information, but to try to like attack, you know, try to like find blemishes, you know, that's the whole purpose of, of, of theirs. That's what they're going to be doing. So it's going to get a little crazy. Hopefully it doesn't get too absurdly racist, um, but it, it's going it, it, to, it's going to probably get there a little at least because um, there's never been a black woman on the Supreme Court and so there was a we are going to change that now and so some Republicans are going to object to that idea and that's that's gonna get well, just embarrassing, you know. Um, is is the is she qualified? Uh, yes, one hundred percent, one thousand percent. Yes, if you, if you only narrowed it down to judges who are African American women, yes, you would still have plenty of qualified candidates. There's been plenty of old white guys on the Supreme Court. There's been a ton of them, so. I think, uh, you know, getting some new representation in there is good, especially when they have an impeccable resume. So hopefully they don't get too ridiculous in their obligation to attack a Supreme Court nominee that is appointed by the opposition party or whatever. You know, they have to oppose. That's their obligation. No matter how qualified the candidate is, they must oppose. And then if the president with the same letter next to their name nominates a candidate, they have to support that candidate no matter how flawed they are. It's a weird system. Brett Kavanaugh, you know, they enthusiastically supported Brett Kavanaugh, but they're going to find ways to, you know, they're Ketanji Brown-Jackson, 
they're gonna the Republican Party is gonna many of their leadership are gonna find various ways to try to say that she's unqualified or something. They're gonna get into some weird shit because that's gonna they're gonna feel like it's their obligation to oppose her nomination. The same ones who approved and voted for enthusiastically and were just get him in quick, Brett Kavanaugh. You know, um, is Jackson a better choice for Supreme Court than Brett Kavanaugh? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Brett Kavanaugh should not be on the Supreme Court. I I do not understand why he is still. That's, uh, that's embarrassing that the Republican Party did that. You know, that they're so desperate for control that they're willing to get that type of person on the Supreme Court. You know, there's no one else that leans a little conservative that doesn't have that kind of baggage. You have to go that route. You have to go with that guy. Um, Lifelong appointment, too, no less. Republican Party just doesn't have a lot of ground to stand on to oppose the the, uh, confirmation of Justice Jackson. Um, She needs to be confirmed and ask questions, of course, get an understanding of where she stands on the issues, but you don't really have a a ground to vote no. Um, it, it should be a nice, overwhelming majority that votes yes. There, there is little to any justification to vote no in that confirmation, especially if you voted yes on Brett Kavanaugh. Like, y- you don't have any ground to stand on there. So, um, yeah, if, if you view Brett Kavanaugh as like... A, perfectly and ethically sound in every way, great judgment. Well, then Jackson's at least 10 times better than Kavanaugh. So that's almost just a rubber stamp confirmation. Get her in there. Yep. Ask questions, of course, yeah. And let her demonstrate her abilities. Let her speak. So ask a question and then shut up. Stay out of the way. And just let her go. So... Um, like a, like a normal interview, it's a job interview, you know, what do you want to understand about this candidate? Okay. Don't attack her character right off the bat. Don't do that. That's going to make you look really stupid. Ask questions and let her answer. That's going to be the way to do it and to look noble about it and then vote yes to confirm her as long as everything. Yeah. Checks out on the questions that she answers. Which she will. So, um, yeah, with confidence and integrity and a high intelligence and understanding of the law. So, keep in mind, you know, which senators are representing your state and how they vote on this confirmation. Keep, keep track of that. That's a good thing to keep track of. If they vote no... Go back and maybe watch some of the hearings or stuff. What legitimacy is there, if any, in voting no to confirm her as a Supreme Court justice? I mean, this is a, it's a good one to make a nice, clear statement on this candidate. Clearly qualified. Yeah. The previous three? You know, I guess two of them are kind of... But one of them, no. 
Brett Kavanaugh is a definite no. He should not have been confirmed. So it would be nice to get, now that we have one that's clearly and obviously one that should be confirmed, to, to do that. You know, to get some bipartisanship going. There's a good chance to kind of start speeding up the decline of the Trump era. Let's, let's get that in our past. Because it sucked. You know, it, it was embarrassing. It, it's not a good look. We look stupid. We do look like a bunch of fucking idiots when Trump is our leader. It, it's embarrassing. So we got to start putting that in our past and start moving forward or else we're going to continue to decline. You know, we've declined less quickly. Yeah, since he's kind of faded a bit. But we haven't really started moving upward, really. We're just, we're kind of stagnant. We can't quite get out of our own way. So we got to let Trump fade. Let him face some consequences for his actions. Um, I know it's going to be a tough pill to swallow for the MAGA crowd, but they'll get through it. They're good, hardworking folk. You know, and they love their country and all that. Um, there will be more... <laughs> There's plenty of Trumps out there, you know, there's plenty of Trumps. There's plenty of big, massive ego, arrogant, sociopathic, big swinging dick heads out there, you know, that have a lot of fucking money. Yeah, they're a dime a dozen, you know, that don't care about anything except getting more money and fame. Okay, so you, you want to jump behind on the bandwagon with another one of those? I mean, yeah, they're, they're out there. They're out there. They're all over the place. You know, he, he's just the one that became the most famous over the last several decades. Okay? So, now ideally, <laughs> you you go for something different than that. Than that big swinging dickhead, you know, that just has a lot of fucking money and doesn't give a fuck about anything. They don't do a lot of good. They get things done is what people say but uh, at what cost you know so ideally as we move forward one of the ways is to like elevate more women into positions of power balance the power a little bit better we need more balance uh, there are too many toxic <laughs> masculinity that term is real you know the other term is a sociopathic narcissist. You, you know, that's the other term for toxic masculinity. You know, like the leader of Saudi Arabia, the leader of Russia, the leader of Turkey, the leader of North Korea. Sociopathic narcissistic men. Yeah, so we need fewer of them, you know. So I think elevating more alpha females to positions of power is very good thing and so hopefully the Republican Party doesn't stand in the way of Jackson's confirmation so I'm feeling well a little well still optimistic but there might be some shit hitting the fan <laughs> over the next few days, but hopeful, nonetheless, so, taking it one day at a time, throw out a Hail Mary to my mother, 
Let's see if she would uh, help me out with uh, some of these financial situations I've gotten myself in here. But we'll see. <laughs> you never know. Things can just fall into place sometimes. Got myself into a pickle, but I think I can squeeze out of it while still be able to retain this nice little situation I got myself into. The living in a nice house on the beach for at least one more summer. It'll be sweet. And, uh, and hopefully around the world there's a similar sort of upward mobility. Within the next month, there will be some sort of le lessening of Vladimir Putin's power. Bold prediction. Naively hopeful, possibly, but nonetheless, going to make it. A dramatic reduction in his power within the next month. Make it so. <laughs> Make it so, number one. <laughs> All right. I'm in a strange mood on this Sunday morning. But, uh, yeah, hopeful that my own personal situation is on the upward after the appearance of the bottom again. And I hope uh, nationally and stuff we're on the upward as well, globally as well. One can hope. Make sure you register to vote, and when you vote, make sure you vote for candidates that are pro-healthcare, pro-education, meaning they are pro-funding hospitals and medical staff that will take care of people when they are sick. So that when people get sick and they need healthcare, they can go and get it. That is the best way to do universal health care. You directly fund it. How will health insurance companies continue to retain a profit? They probably won't. And they'll have to uh, sort that out. Vote for candidates that are pro-education. Publicly funded universities, publicly funded schools. If you want to continue education, apply to a school. If accepted, start going. Your tuition and books would already be covered. Vote for candidates that are pro-that. Don't vote for candidates that are coming up with excuses as to why that shouldn't happen. It can happen. It can. We can have universal health care and universal education. We can. C-A-N. C-A-N. Can. We, yes. Yes, we can. It is possible. Absolutely 1,000%. It can be done. Now, does it mean that we have to tax the excess a bit? More than what we have been? Yes. Yes, it does. Will that cause a hardship to anyone? No. May it possibly damage the egos of extremely affluent people? Yes. Yes, it will. As we all understand, people like Donald Trump, a supposed billionaire, gets his feelings hurt and has a very public temper tantrum if you accuse him of only 
being worth, say, $400 million. No, I'm a billionaire. I'm worth five, six billion dollars. No, seven billion. No, eleven billion. Twenty-five billion dollars. Regardless of what the amount of worth he is actually worth, it's a gargantuan number. It doesn't really matter. Who gives a shit whether he's worth five hundred million or five billion or 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 one hundred and eighty-three million or gosh, only thirty-one million? Who cares? What's the difference? I make 25 bucks an hour. That's a damn good wage, supposedly, in the area that I live. I made, you know, I made like $45,000 last year. I still owe the IRS 160 bucks in taxes, and I have no idea how I'm going to come up with that money. Whether Donald Trump is worth 35 million, 50 million, 400 million, a billion, who gives a fuck? It's a gargantuan amount of money. It's exponentially more than the average person. So yes, if they had to pay a higher tax, they would be fine. They would be just fine. They'll still be able to live extravagantly. There will still be wealthy people. It's not a punishment of success. It's properly allocating certain expenses that haven't been paid for, that they are helping accrue. They're causing these expenses. The business companies that they're creating don't pay people enough. You know? And then... So the expenses that they have to pay, they still have to be paid. People have, you know, healthcare does cost. It has to be paid for somehow. So we come up with this weird system now where middlemen called for-profit health insurance companies charge you a fee for it. Don't vote for candidates that are mostly concerned about health insurance companies retaining a profit. Okay? Don't, don't vote for them. It's time for us to start moving upward. Healthcare should be a right. It's a pretty basic thing. Education should be a right. Neither one of those things is a guarantee that you're going to make millions of dollars. But it does increase your chances. Sure. It does increase your chances of making a good living. It's not a flat earning thing. You have healthcare and education, it doesn't mean everyone makes the same amount of money. What you do with your good health and education is up to you. Okay? How much money you earn is up to you. Okay? So it's not socialism. Don't vote for candidates that are calling healthcare a right and education a right. Socialism? It's not socialism. So, you know. Try to stay away from those candidates that are anti-healthcare, anti-education as a right and are mostly concerned with health insurance companies and wealthy people having more money. Because the wealthy people with more money, they don't do good stuff with it. Okay? All right. Stay safe. God bless. This is Gary. Thinking out loud.